Genesis chapter 15, we are preaching through uh, what we call the journey through Genesis. This morning we looked in, in chapter 13, a week ago we looked at um, uh, Lot and of course pitching his tent towards Sodom and all that that brought. This morning we looked in chapter 14 about the first war and the first kings. And when you come to the end of this thing after he made this decision and come to chapter 15 and I want us to read through that chapter tonight and then we'll get right into the word of God. The Bible said, after these things, what things? The word of the Lord came into Abram in a vision saying, after what? After he had made some major decisions in his life. You know, it could be that you haven't heard from God because you haven't made the right choices yet. Say amen right there. Could be that you're not hearing from God because you're still battling about who's going to be your king. But after these things... The word of the Lord came into Abram in a vision saying, boy, you're talking about good. Listen, let's fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. God didn't tell him that before his decision. He told him that after his decision. Obey first and then understand later. That's a great verse. I love that verse. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield, thy exceeding great reward. You know, if God's your reward, that's a pretty good reward. Amen. Amen. You're walking in tall cotton, the old boy says, when, that, when God's your shield and when he's your great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what will thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. I need two songbooks real fast. I'm about to freeze out up here. I ain't joking you. Thank you. I need another one on the other side. Thank you. I appreciate that. I never dreamed I'd be in this church and be freezing while I was preaching. I've always been too hot. Man, we got us an air conditioning system now. Boy, that feels better. I, I like air conditioning, but not blowing straight on me. It'll give me a sinus cold every time. Anyway, Lord, I am not griping. I am a thankful preacher. Amen. Uh, all right, let's get back in this thing. And uh, Abram said in verse number three, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came in him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. He said, the Ishmael's not going to be your heir. But he that shall come forth of thine own bowels shall be thine heir, or, or servant Eleazar. Verse number five, And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars that thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. Now, I'll tell you right now, I go out there and look, and I tell you, I don't even want to start counting them because I ain't got no idea. Can't see half of them anyway, and the older I get, the less I see. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Uh, but look at verse number six. Now, God just got through telling you, said, you go outside, you look at the stars, that's, um, you, you, that'll be the way your seed is. And he believed in the Lord and he counted to him for righteousness. I'll come back to that little while and talk about it a little bit. Verse number 12, seven, he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur Chaldees. You know, I'll tell you, God's the one brought me out of sin. Amen. God's the one brought me out. I didn't just up and say, well, I'm going to be a Nazareth. Nice and the God reached down, amen. amen. When the Savior reached down for me, amen. amen. He said, uh, brought the, give thee this land to inherit it. Now God made him a promise. He said, I'm going to give you this land and you're going to inherit this land. Now, Abram, I, I like him. He kind of like me. He said, uh, verse number eight, I, he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? I, I want to know this. Well, you know, you, you think, yes, God, if you said it, that settles it. That's enough. No, he said, I, I want to know. How, how am I going to know that I'm going to, that your promises that you gave me? I want to ask you a question now. How many things are you going to heaven? How do you know? How do you know? Whereby has God made you know? Now you say, well, it's in the Bible and I believe the Bible. That's great. But there may be times in your life 
when, although you know what the Bible says, God's going to use another way to prove himself to you. Uh, I'm leading up to something. Verse number eight, he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? By the way, you can know you're saved. Amen. Amen. Verse number nine. And God said, all right, you want to know? Well, here's how I'm going to show you. You can know. And he said unto him, take me a heifer of three years old and a she goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Hmm. Sound to me like a hunting trip to me out to the farm in the woods. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against the other, but the birds divided he not. Now he's went into a sacrificial system here and he said, this is how you're going to know. And he took those animals, cut them in two, laid them each side and made a, made a center aisle right down through here to walk between them. Now, and the, but the birds, he didn't. And when the files came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Evidently, he's there waiting on God. God, I'm ready. I've done what you said. How, you going to, what, how am I going to know? And uh, look at verse number 12. And when the sun was going down, watch this. A deep sleep fell upon Abram. And lo, and horror, and underline this your Bible, of great darkness fell upon him. What a statement. A horror of great darkness fell on him. Hmm. Now God's fixing to show him and let him know about his promises. Amen. Verse number 13, he said unto Abram, know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. That's their sojourn in Egypt. That's coming up later on in, in the book. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And God did that. And afterwards shall they come out with great substance. And they did. Book of Exodus. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. And he did. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. And it happened. But in the fourth generation they shall come forth hither. And they did. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it came to pass that when the sun went down. Now in verse 12 the sun was going down. In verse number 17 the sun had gone down. And it was what? Everybody say it together. Dark. Dark. And in this darkness, God did something. Behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. Now, Abraham, to get the background of this, that cutting of those animals, the slaying of those animals, the shedding of that blood, and the obedience of laying those animals out <clears throat> was a covenant, what's called a covenant sacrifice. And then that covenant, they, that's why they used to call it cut covenant. This even goes into marriage. This is a huge, huge Bible. That won't work very good, will it? Uh, this is a huge Bible issue about covenants with God and how God has ordained the universe and, and things to operate. Then what would happen with somebody, this is why when a couple comes down through the aisle, Usually there's one set of parents on one side and one parents on the other. It's a picture of their sacrifice to get those two young people where they're at today. Even in the marriage bed, there's the cutting of covenant. Now, so they're supposed to both walk down together. They're supposed to go down through there together. Something strange happened here. Abram went to sleep. Never did make it through. God went through by himself. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and this is one of the great secrets to Christianity, and I'm going to move on with this. But your salvation is not up to you. Amen. Your salvation is up to God. Yes. Your salvation is not dependent upon your faithfulness. You may get in the dark and go to sleep on him. 
but God's going to carry it through. Amen. And how, how, how is God going to let Abraham know that he doesn't lie to people? Because he's going to put Abram in a position to where he ain't doing it. And if it wasn't for God, it wouldn't happen. God will get you in the darkness of life where you're going to find out that it's not up to you. And it's going to be God that performs it. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is not of the Lord and you. Salvation is of the Lord. You say, well, Reggie, I got to believe that's right. You got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all God said to do. But God, but you, you did not save yourself. God saved you. God is the one who ordains covenants and keeps covenants. I am going to have to stay with my message, or we won't get out in time to see Bozo run his race or whatever on TV tonight. <clears throat> now, keep in mind this. Now, I want to preach tonight to your message. This uh, title: This, the discoveries of divine darkness. The discover, I want you to think about what I'm preaching on tonight. The discoveries of divine darkness. Abram had just had a great victory. He had just won a war. He had just rescued Lot. He had just chosen wisely the king of kings and the Lord of lords to be his king. In chapter 15, verse 1, he had just received great promises. And in chapter 15, verse number five and six, he was even promised what seemed to be impossible with man and is impossible with man. He was promised supernatural promises from God. Then he says this question, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? God says, you ask a good question, I'm going to give you a good answer. How does God let us know that his word, stay with me tonight. How does God let us know that his word is good? Amen. That he will do what he said. How do we know that? How do we know that he is who he says he is and will do what he says he would do? I have laid my whole life out and my eternity out upon the statements of God's word. How am I going to know he's going to do that? You say, well, you know, uh, what we got in the Bible. Yeah, I believe the Bible. But what about it when you're in darkness? What about when you can't see, when you can't see the face, the hand in front of your face spiritually? And you say, well, I don't think God give me that. God is going to get you there. Right. Now, the answer is, is by taking us through divine darkness. This is how people come to a point of actually knowing that God does not lie to anybody. By taking you and I through divine darknesses. Without our help. Without our spiritual maturity, without our knowledge and wisdom, without our endurance, without our staying power, without our hanging in there, without our abilities, without our intellect, without our service, without our labors, without our faithfulness, how God is going to let you know that he is a God who does what he says he do in spite of what you and I say. We discover in the darkness that it was and is and always will be God who's going to take us through the glory land. Amen. Who's going to also take us into through and growth and spiritual maturity. How will God let you know that his promises are sure? By taking you just like he did Abraham through divine darkness. Yes. Now I want to stop tonight and I'm going to credit somebody for something. A few weeks ago, I got a text in my phone from uh, John and Bunny down in, uh, uh, I mean, those John and Bunny. Yeah. 
Duano down in Georgia. John said, Reggie, here's a good message that I found. He said, I think you would get good out of this. And I listened to it. And let me just be very blunt and honest with you. I don't listen to a lot of preaching because a lot of preaching aggravates me. Because they'll, they want to, you know, there's just there's stuff in there that I, I just, I, it, it does me more damage than good. Uh, I'm not trying to be critical. This old boy preached. And within five minutes, I knew I was on to somebody who had the hand of God on him in an unusual way. So I looked up two or three other messages that he preached. And I want to tell you something. This man is probably, as far as I know, one of the best preachers in America right now. And God is using him. And his name is Cody Zorn. Some of you may know him. I don't know. If you don't, you can look him up. But Cody has got (laughs) tremendous Bible preaching messages. He also knows how to get the plane off the runway quick and land it quick. (laughs) And so (laughs) I want to give Cody some recognition tonight. Now, I have stolen. I am a thief. I have stolen messages ever since I've been preaching. And other preachers do too. And... uh, but in case Cody listens to this, I want to give him credit because some of the framework of the message came from Cody, but I dressed my windows myself. Amen. All right. That's why I'll just do that. So anyway, uh, so we're going to get into this tonight and about this divine darkness. What did God do in this divine darkness? This may not mean anything to you tonight, but it will someday if it doesn't. It may mean a lot to you tonight. But if it doesn't, there'll be a day when it does. And I hope you'll remember this message. First of all, there was the timing of the darkness that he put Abram in. What kind of time was it? I want you to get this tonight. It was a time when Abram was very, very faithful. You see, we have a tendency to think that dark times in life will be maybe when we messed up. Or we, won't live in, we weren't living as close to God as we should have been. And so now I'm off in this darkness. That's, that's not what this teaches. I'm going to tell you how faithful he was. Abram was not like Lot. If anybody you thought would have been put into divine darkness, it would have been Lot. But it was Abraham and he was very, very faithful at this point in his life. He was very obedient and very believing. I want you to notice the detailed obedience that this man had in verse number 10, verse number nine. And God, he said, God said to Abram, take me a heifer of three years old, a she goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. I want to show you how faithful and obedient this man was. Dean, if it had been Reg Kelly, I'd have probably said, well, uh, boys, go get that two-year-old heifer. I don't know where a three-year-old's at right now. And I just said, well, that, that, that'll be good enough. That's too hard. That'll take too long to get. Yeah. And by the way, to catch a turtle dove and to catch a pigeon. Did you know that there's great detail here that God gave him and God said, you do it just exactly like I'm telling you to do it. Did you know that Abraham did it? He did exactly what God said. Let me tell you something. It was a time of, he went, God took this man into a time of darkness when he was being faithful, when he was being obedient and doing things exactly like God was telling him to do. I want to tell you tonight, you may be really saying, Reggie, I'm I'm, I'm, maybe for the first time in my life, but with all my heart, I know I'm as wicked as hell, but I'm trying to walk with God. 
I'm trying to be obedient to the Bible. If God shows me something and he gives me grace, I'm trying to change as the Holy Spirit would change me. And from, from glory to glory, I'm trying to let God do it. I have an obedient spirit. Yeah. It wasn't a time when he was off in left field. No. He wasn't going crazy and half obeying God and said, I'll oh, forget about that three-year-old son. Go get that old 10-year-old cow. We're going to take her and put her in the sacrifice. No. Very detailed, very obedient sacrifice and walking with God. Did you know when God's going to take you through the dark times? Yes. When you're doing your best spiritually. Yeah. And it's going to throw you. Because you're thinking, well, I'm walking with God. Everything ought to be Okay. I should be walking in light. And now all of a sudden God has put me into his divine darkness. He, he didn't argue with God. No. Lord, I've, I've got a four-year-old heifer. I think she'd be a lot better. <laughs> he didn't question God. He didn't pick and choose what he wanted to obey. You can be faithful and obedient and yet darkness still come into your life. You can be faithful and attend us to church. You can be reading your Bible steadily. You can be out witnessing. You can be memorizing scripture, living right, having faith in the Lord, good Bible standards. And yet it's at this time, God will probably send you into divine darkness. Jesus went through divine darkness. Once I seen this, I like to flip. Every great man of God in the Bible went through this. Check him out. Joseph, Went through a time of darkness. What's all this about? My own brother sell me down. Did not our Lord Jesus Christ go through times of darkness? Spiritually and literally and physically. He went through times of darkness. Judas betrayed him. That's a dark time when you're betrayed. In your life. When somebody turns on you. And I mean stabs you in the back. That's a pretty dark day. When he was in Gethsemane, it was a dark time in his life. Father, if it be possible, not my will, but that, let this cup pass from me. Darkness upon his soul. When he was on the cross, he was forsaken by his own father. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You talk about dark. Jesus went through divine darkness for you and I. But also the Bible records that he went through literal darkness. There was darkness upon the face of the earth. What for three hours? I forget in three hours. Darkness. Let me give you another one. A tomb is a dark place. Jesus Christ was put in a tomb and he went through divine darkness. Now you listen to me. The Bible said that we're to follow in his footsteps in the book of Peter. Following in the footsteps of Jesus is not going to be a walk through the park. This is why intuitively a lot of people really don't want to follow him because in their spirit, beyond their mind, beyond their intellect and beyond even their, their soul, they know that Jesus went through dark places by divine appointment. Know this this evening, that real Christianity is obedient and faithful even though in dark times. Jeremiah went through dark times. David went through dark times. Jacob went through dark times. Joseph and Paul and all the saints of God have gone through divine times of divine darkness. When God plunges you into darkness, Job was plunged into darkness by divine appointment. 
And we need to have a spirit and an attitude like Abraham. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to be faithful. I'm not going to question God. I'm not going to argue with God, even though he plunges me into divine darkness. Job said, yea, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. I'm not going to quit God in the dark. Children may turn on you. Friends may forsake you. Spouses may leave you. Health may blow out. Finances blow out. May not be even any external issues. It may be just inside your life. There is a divine darkness and you do not understand where you're at nor what's going on. So we see first of all that in the, t- the time of the darkness was when he was faithful. I want to give you something else tonight in verse number 11 about the time of the darkness. And when the files came down upon the car- carcasses, Abram did something. What did he do? He drove them away. Let me just tell you something. Did you know where Abram was at? He was at worship service. He was a church. Did you know? Now, if files in the Bible, generally speaking, are a picture of devils. In the New Testament, when Jesus gave the parable of the mustard seed, he said after it was grown, which is a picture of Christianity, the birds came and lodged in it. Now, I want to tell you, we had an old barn down there at mom and dad's when I was growing up. Great. I wish that thing was still there. It was a humongous hip roof barn. It, it was an adventure land. I mean, to tell you what, you could spend a lot of time there and I've got a lot of memories there. Quite a barn, wasn't it, Van? But I'm going to tell you something. When they quit using the loft, guess who moved in? The pigeons. And I tell you, they ain't nothing nastier than a pigeon. I've got to shop out the house. And pigeons a few years ago got to thinking they wanted it worse than I did. I wasn't doing much with it at that time. And they started, and I would try to shoo them off. And I bought a big owl and hung up there. And they must have just spit on him. It didn't do a bit of good. And I tell you, I can't. And one day, Van, I got so mad at them pigeons. Because you know what they're doing? There's a mess in my shop up. They're droppings. And I took my 22 sister. I said, you pigeons has had it. And I went out there and I waited for them. I took, well, I thought I'll pick them off. And I wasn't hitting them. I wasn't hitting them. And I got so mad at one of them. I finally just reached up and shot shot a hole through the roof of my shop. (laughs) And I said, I think I better try some other method of getting rid of these, these pigeons. But the Bible, so here's what was happening. Now you watch this. Oh, Abraham, he's having church. Let me tell you what's going to happen when you come to church. Did you know you go come to worship and you're going to bring it and come in here and somebody's going to do something stupid like saying, I don't like you. Are you preaching next Wednesday night? If you are, I ain't coming. You know, you had Sunday school class here a while back. I didn't get nothing out of it. (laughs) And you're a joke. I mean, you, you're up there with all them kids. You think you're really doing something, don't you? Amen, he is. Amen. <laughs> and you, hey, watch this. You're going to walk into church yeah. and the devils, Danny, you know what I'm talking. Those old birds are going to come down. Yeah. And now watch this. Those birds didn't reach down there and pick up a whole half a heifer. Yeah. Oh. You know what they did? They picked that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. I ain't going to do it. None of these women, they'll slap me. <laughs> they picking. See, picking. How many has ever been in church you got picked at? Yeah. Oh. Just a little old devil got, you know, just, oh. just something stupid. Yeah. Now, what did Abraham do? I like this. You know what he did? 
He said, you birds, get out of here. Shoo. And he took it. Get out of here. That's what you need to do at church. You need to. The Bible said he chased them birds off the sacrifice. Sometimes when you're walking into church. And I'm going to tell you something. That you, I mean the wildest, stupidest thoughts going to come into your mind. The most satanic, hellish thoughts are going to run through your mind. And you're going to have to get that, the word of God out. And bust them, get them birds out of your mind. Amen. Chase the birds away. Get out of here. You ever done that? Yes. Well, you killed your deer and hung him up there, and the old dogs and the birds come in there picking. Get out of here! Sometimes you got. Listen, you say this is worship. It's what Abram did. Yeah. He chased the fowls off the carcass. He chased the office sacrifice. Sometimes in life you're going to have to chase the devils off of your sacrifice and out of your worship. You need to tell the devil, this is my worship place. This is my worship time. You leave me alone. You go back to hell where you came from and get out of here. Come on, yes, sir. Amen. You say, well, dark, watch this. Darkness came to him when he was being faithful. Watch this. Darkness came to him when he was fighting Dean. Well, if I'm being faithful, and I'm a fighting, Brother Lonnie. My truck ought not break down in Colorado. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Let me get this. Let me get this gun off. Amen. All right. Let's go back to our text. You got to understand something. If you don't run those birds off and out of here, there's times whenever I'm a preaching, some of you, I'll be a preaching and the devil's trying to pick on you while I'm preaching. You know what you ought to do at that time? Get up out of the seat, come up here and say, I ain't putting up with you devils. I'm taking you to the cross in the blood and the mercy seat and I'm going to get rid of you and picking on me and picking on me and messing with my mind while I'm trying to worship God. Amen. It's stupid what we let the devil do. The Bible says casting down imaginations and everything I think that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ and bringing to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I'm going to tell you something. You can be faithful in this church in your life and you can be fighting in this church and still God will put you through a dark time. And I'm going to tell you about the dark times of divine providence. You can walk in this church. I, I'll be honest with you. I drove up the road before in absolute spiritual seemed like dark land, Brother Phil. And I said, God, I don't know what's going on. How am I going to preach those people this morning? And God, it's like God said, you don't, they don't need to know about your darkness. You don't need to talk about it. You just need to let me take care of it. You go up there and do what I told you to do. And that's what he told Abraham to do. But let me say something further to you in verse number 12. There's not only the timing of the darkness, which is a time of faithfulness, a time of obedience, a time of uh, fighting. He was in the fight of faith. But secondly, the terror of the darkness. Verse number 12 says, and when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram and lo and horror of great darkness fell upon him. Now I'm going to preach about some things tonight, not going to dive way deep, but I'm going to tell you something. I do not want you people to know, nor do I want my wife to know, nor I sure don't want my children to know the depths of divine darkness that I've been in at periods in my ministry. Now I'm not saying that to feel sorry for myself. I'm not at a pity party. I'm just telling you the facts of it is that you can be in the fight and you can be faithful and you can be doing what God told you to do. And then all of a sudden you're going to wonder what on earth is going on. You're not even going to understand where you're at. 
such a fog, such a darkness sets in, you don't know where you're at or what you're doing, and you don't understand what's going on. And you start questioning yourself, well, am I doing something wrong? Yeah. Is something out of whack? Yeah. I, 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 I'm trying to serve God, and yet you're in this darkness. People can be getting saved, the church can be growing, and people being blessed, and yet you're personally in a darkness during those times. A horror of darkness fell upon him. Now listen to me. I am not a... When you get into depression, depression can be a very dark time. Many people in the Bible went through depression. Depression is real and especially for Christian people. I don't believe you should live there. <laughs> but I tell you something... A lot of what we call depression, listen to me, is divine darkness where God is going to let you know that it's not up to you. Amen. There's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. Amen. There's no way you can fix the problem. He's going to have to carry you through or you'll not make it. I've been through enough divine darknesses to know this. That if it weren't for what God did there with Abraham, I would not be in this church today. I would not be behind this pulpit today. Because if God had not kept me during the divine darkness, I would not have been kept. And it's probably the truth for you. I want to tell you something. Brother Ben sitting over here, and I don't know a lot about but you lost your wife. Right? I can't imagine the darkness that you've been through. Danny, I don't know the darkness you've been through. Sister Lakey, I do not have a comprehension of the darkness that you've been through. But I can almost in my mind's eye understand that these people have been through a spiritual divine darkness that I don't understand the level of no, the, dark, the darkness of the dark. There are people around you who've been in spiritual darkness and they don't talk a lot about it. They don't say a lot about it. But I'm going to tell you something. I believe God has a message for us. Because here's the secret to this thing. When you got past the darkness, God expanded his world. Amen. And it's necessary. This is one of the divine ways of God. If you will not let God take you through that, if you blow out during the divine darkness period, you will never see what God could have and would have done with your life. Now, when you're in the dark, the mind plays games on you. Yeah. You ever been in the dark? <laughs> where am I at? If it, when it's dark, 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 you don't know where you're at. I remember being down there at that cave in, in what's that cave down in Arkansas, Terry, that you've done in Mountain View? Blanchard Spring. Blanchard Spring Cave. Karen and I went through that thing all by ourselves. We had our own personal guide. There wasn't nobody there. We got down there and she says, now just hang on to your head a little bit. So get, get, get stopped somewhere. She turned off the lights. Brother, I ain't never been in such darkness. You could not see your hand in front of your face. In fact, it, it is so dark, they say it will drive a person crazy and make you blind if you stay in it. Wow. It's that dark. And now I'll tell you what I knew. I knew there were drop-offs. There was waterfalls. There was holes. And I'm like, I ain't moving. Yeah. I don't want nobody else moving. Yeah. Buddy, I'm telling you something. The mind can play tricks on you. I'll tell you what's worse. You hear things in the dark. Yeah. Every once in a while, Karen will go down and stay with my mother. And I'm all left alone at the house. In the dark, mind you. And I go back there and go to bed. What was that? Yeah. And it's funny to me when Karen's there, I don't hear nothing. Yeah. 
just go to sleep. But when it's dark and I'm by myself, where's my gun? Sound like somebody's upstairs. I believe they're in the living room now. And that old house of ours, it just creaks and groans and moans and goes. I'll tell you what's crazy. But you hear things. When, hey, the devil will try to make you hear things in the dark. He will try to keep you from seeing things in the dark. He'll make your mind play tricks on you in the dark. And when you're in the dark, if you don't grab hold of, of just letting God have the steering wheel, it will drive you nuts. I remember in the story of Laura Ingle Wilders. You, some of you probably know the story better than I do. A little house in Big Woods. And her daddy was coming home one night. Y'all remember the story? And he was coming home one night. And he's coming up the trail and he's bare. Right there in the middle of the road. He thought it looked like it. And boy, he run back her way and started, Chew, get out of here. And hollered to try to get that bear just stood there. Get out of here, bear. Get out of here. Boy, I tell you, when a doodaddy's running up and down his spine, and big bear right there in the middle of the trail. Get out of here. And he throws stuff at him. Go, get out of here. And finally, he's man, he got to get home. And he picks up a big old stick, and Brother Randy, and he runs at that bear and he whacks him, and it was a stump. <laughs> That's what dark will do to you. You'll think things is there that ain't there. There's actually, they have a, a artist conception drawing of that part of her story about her dad hitting that big old black stump where a tree fell over, burned down, fell, you know, and fell, broke off about that high, and in the, in the dark of night looked like a bear. Your mind will play tricks on you. You better be careful when you're in divine darkness. You don't let your mind, I'm telling you, the devil will try to lie to you. There's an old saying, never doubt in the darkness. What God has already told you in the light. If it was true when you had light, it's true when you're in dark. There's some things the devil will do to you in darkness. He'll bring disappointment. He'll bring discouragement. He'll bring despair. Give up. He'll bring disbelief and he'll defile your mind with that, them files. And he'll dull your hearing and dull your senses. He may. Now, things may come in your health. Your finances, friends leave, spouses leave, heartbreak, death and judgment, whatever it may be. World War II had broken out in Pearl Harbor. And a few months later, the American people were clamoring to do something to fight back at Japan. And a man by the name of Jimmy Doolittle was ordered to organize a raid on Tokyo and Japan. And he selected all these men. And uh, as they were approaching, they had everything done. They did all their practice, all that. And they were approaching Japan. They got detected far too early. And they had to leave the deck of that plane knowing that they would not have enough fuel to return. And so they made plans to pass, once they dropped their bombs, to go on over into China and parachute down. And hopefully some friendly uh, Chinese there would pick them up. There was a man by the name of Jacob DeShazar who had been selected by Major Doolittle to be a bombardier in the raid. Jacob parachuted over Ningpo, China, out of fuel, 
and he went out. When he landed, he injured himself and he was captured by Japanese forces the next day. He was taken to Tokyo, Japan, and there he was held captive for 40 months. 34 of those months, he was in solitary confinement where you could not stretch yourself out. He was beaten mercilessly. Malnutrition. Of his crew that parachuted and were captured, three of them were executed by firing squad. And another one of his friends in that crew literally was starved to death by the Japanese. Died of starvation, slow starvation. For some reason or another, they think it was because of the respect that he had been taught to give any human being. He was, his sentence was lessened to some, a life imprisonment deal, whatever they had there. During his captivity, he persuaded one of the guards to get him a Bible. They agreed to give Jacob a Bible, but only for three weeks. You can have this Bible for three weeks, and at the end of three weeks, you hand it back over through the jail cell. Jacob de Shazar devoured that Bible night and day for 21 days. During the reading of that Bible, he was converted to Jesus Christ and was born again of the Spirit of God, sitting in a Japanese prisoner of war cell where you couldn't even stretch out. He resolved that his survival was due to the providence of Almighty God. And he promised God after being saved that he would serve him the rest of his life. I want you to think about it. It's easy for me to get up here tonight and preach and tell you this story. But I want you to think about 40 months. 40 months. How long is that? Three years and four months, right? January 1. January 2. January 3. Let me just tell you about that kind of condition. It'd be like three lifetimes. Watch this. He was in divine darkness. They kept telling him, you're losing the war. You'll never see your family again. You'll be a lifetime prisoner with us. And he was subjected to divine darkness. Now, here's what I want you to get out of this message tonight. I want us all. I'm trying. Because God had something for Abraham on the other side of that darkness. Jacob, of course, parachuters came into the prison. They parachuted at the end of the war after Japan surrendered. They parachuted uh, military men in there to get them. And they got him, took him out of there. Jacob came back to America and he went to a Bible college and he trained to be a missionary. It's the most unbelievable story you've heard. After he got out of training for missionary, the Lord directed him to go right back to Japan as a missionary. Jacob wrote a track entitled, I was a Japanese I was an American in a Japanese POW camp was the name of the track that he wrote. He would stand at bus stops and train stations in Japan 
when he first got there and just hand out those tracts to those Japanese people. And they would take them because of you know, the war and POW, he's an American. And they'd read them. One day, Van, and I want to get this guy's name for you because you can read this. You can read the story. If I can get his name here. One day, he gave a tract to a man by the name of Captain Mitsuo Fushuda on his way to be tried for World War II criminal charges. He was the man who led the attack on Pearl Harbor. Jacob DeShazar gave that man on his way to his trial for crimes against humanity his gospel track. Mr. Fashidu, who had led the attack on Pearl Harbor, became a Christian and was saved. As a result of Jacob DeShazar's witness to him in 1950, after reading a track titled, I Was a Japanese POW. After that, Fushudai became a missionary all across Asia. Now listen to me. Here's a man by the name of Jacob who was in darkness for 30, for 40 months in divine darkness. While there he learned much of the Japanese language, was converted to Christ, Amen. called to be a missionary, trained to be a missionary, and sent back to Japan and led the man to the Lord Jesus Christ who led the bombing raid on Pearl Harbor to Christ. That man became a Japanese missionary all over Asia. And they say on occasion, they would preach together at certain meetings. Jacob de Sazer in 1959, watch this, moved to the Japanese city of Nagoya, Nagoya, however you pronounce that, to start a church in that city, which was the city that he bombardeered on when he was in Doolittle's raid. He started a church in the city that he bombed. 30 years, Jacob was a missionary to Japan. He came back to America when his health failed him. He died in 2008 in his sleep at the age of 95 years of age. But because he let God take him through divine darkness, Hundreds of thousands of people were saved and brought to Jesus Christ. Here's what I want to get you tonight. Let God take us through. I don't know sometimes what God's doing. I've been walking into this church. Sometimes I don't, I, God, I don't know what you're doing. There's some book that was famous through times that said this. It was the best of times and it was the worst of times. That seems like that's what it's been for me in the last couple of years. But God had a plan and a purpose in the darkness. In Romans chapter 4, I want you to put this up on the board, guys. I want you all to read this. Romans 4, verse number 20, if you would put it up there. The Bible talks about Abraham in this situation back in Genesis 15. And it talks about that he believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Okay. Then it comes down to verse number 20 and says, watch this. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. When, it was, when God took him through divine darkness, 
he didn't stagger about the promises of what God said he would do. You let me tell you something tonight. You got a lot of promises in the word of God. He said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. He said he'd give you eternal life. He said that no man to pluck you out of his hand. He said his grace would be sufficient. He said he'd supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. He said that he'd come again and receive you unto himself that where he is you could be also. He said he'd resurrect you and give you a new glorified body fashioned like unto his glorified body. God has made you promise after promise after promise. But I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes we think it depends on us and our accomplishments and us taking it through. And God says, no, I'm going to put you through divine darkness because there's several things I want to do while you're in there. I want you to know that salvation is of the Lord, but I'm going to deepen your walk. I'm going to strengthen your faith. I'm going to make you usable for the future, just like I did with Jacob, just like I did with Abraham. But I want to tell you tonight this. Number three, there's a togetherness in the darkness. God is there in the darkness. I want to tell you something tonight. You could be sitting here tonight and I might think everything's just really good in your life. But you may be sitting there and I can't see past the veil of your flesh. And it may be dark for you tonight. It could be a husband. It could be a wife. Could be a child. Could be a teenager. And I'm telling you something. You don't know what's going on. But I will tell you this, that in divine darkness, he never leaves you. If you by chance here, here tonight, and it's not by chance, but if you are in divine darkness tonight and you could say, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what God's doing. I don't know why he's done, allowed to happen what he's allowed to happen. For the life of me, I can't figure this one out. Lord, I have no clue what you're trying to do. I have no clue why you allowed this to happen. I don't understand anything about this. You're in divine darkness. But you can trust him. You can trust him. He's going to be there with you. Did you know that he said, I will never leave? Did you know that though, watch this, though Abram was in divine darkness, God never left him? He was right there. I want to tell you tonight this. If you are now or will be in the future in divine darkness, he ain't never going to leave you. When you don't understand and you can't figure it out, he'll be there. He'll be together with you in darkness. God never left him. David understood this. Psalms 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. I want you to know something tonight. You are probably going to be like other saints down through the ages. Some of you have been through it or going through it. Danny, I'll be honest with you. The darkness was so upon you, I could see the darkness. But Danny, I couldn't be there to go with you. I don't think you can testify to anybody about your divine darkness. I don't think you can explain it or articulate it to people what, what it's like. I'm not saying, I'm not saying we should have pity parties. Oh my, I'm in darkness. I'm just saying it can happen to you. Yeah. Probably will happen to you, especially if you're being faithful, especially if you're being obedient, especially if you're trying to obey the Lord and live and, and serve him. You're probably going to go through some divine darkness. But it's going to do something inside you when you take your hands off the steering wheel and say, God, if you ain't got this thing, we're crashing. You'll find out he's got it all along. I want you to look at verse number 17, this togetherness of the darkness. Look at verse number 17. 
And it came to pass that when the sun went down, and it was dark, there's two things, build a smoking furnace. If you want to know who that smoking furnace is, look it up in your concordance. Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter 1, verse 15, his feet like in a furnace. You know what a furnace does? It does several things furnace can do. One of the things furnace can do is give you warmth in the darkness. <laughs> God can just give you warmth in the darkness. Another thing a furnace will do is burn the dross out of you. Furnaces are used to burn the dross. You say, Reggie, what's God doing in the dark, divine darkness? He's burning the dross out. It, but it also said there was a, a, a burning lamp. Do you know what that is? It's right here. I'm going to tell you what to do. When you're in divine darkness, you get in this book. You read mountains of chapters. You read 10, 20 chapters a day. You get in this book. You go through this book. You just keep reading and say, God, God, be a burning lamp through my darkness. Give you light. In the midst of divine darkness. Isaiah 41, 10, Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Christ is, his word is a light unto our path, a lamp unto our feet. Let me just tell you something tonight. Can, I want to ask you guys something. Can you shut off all the lights? Shut off all the lights. Get them lights out. See if we can get this place absolutely dark. Can you get it absolutely dark? Danny, can you get that light back here? There's some, there it is. We're not there yet, are we? Shut everything off. Now, Randy, right down here in front of me, yeah. could you come up here? <laughs> Can anybody see me at all? Yes. Okay, Randy, come on up here a little bit. All right. Don't bump into me now. Okay. Anybody ever been hunting at 4 o'clock in the morning? You went to the deer stand three hours before you should have? Yeah. <laughs> Sat there and froze to death. <laughs> well, if you've ever done that, took your kids with you. But I want to show you something. And this is Cody Zorn give this illustration in his message. And I like to I like to floor me because it's so simply, it's just so stupid simple. He said, I went to preach in this church. And he said, the preacher met me. And he wanted to show me something in the church in there. And he said, we walked in and he said, the place was dark. You couldn't see, hardly see your hand in the face. And he said, I was afraid I was going to stumble. And he said, I knew I was where God wanted me to be. But he said, I was afraid I was going to stumble, break my leg or knock a hole in my head, do something crazy. But he said, in that darkness, and Randy, I want you to turn that way. He said, the preacher was walking in front of me. So Randy, you just kind of walk it a little bit. And he said, all I could see was just barely the outline of him walking in front of me. And all I said to myself, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know anything, but I know he's right there. And I'm just going to follow him through the darkness. And I'm going to tell you something tonight. When it gets dark in your life and you don't know what in the world is going on, you just keep your eyes on Jesus. You just keep following him and through the darkness. Sometimes you must be able to just barely see the outline of him. But I'll tell you what you do. If you don't stay close to Jesus in the dark hours of your life, you're going to mess up and blow out and have all kinds of trouble in your life. And I'll tell you something tonight. This is, I, I, this is so real to me because there have been so many times I don't understand, God, what you're doing. I don't know what is going on. Lord, it is dark. Would you turn the lights on so I can at least see why? And all I could see was just like the form of Christ. And the Holy Spirit said, Reggie, keep your eyes on Jesus. 
looking unto Jesus, the author. You don't worry about what's out there in the dark, Reggie. I didn't ask you to do that. You keep your eyes on me. I will lead you through this darkness to the other side. But Reggie, I've got things I want to do in your heart and you need it done. Friend, the old preachers used to call their congregation beloved. Beloved tonight, if I was to die this week, I want to tell you something. Divine darkness is part of your Christian experience. What you need to do in that divine darkness is just keep your eyes on Jesus. He'll make it so you can. He'll make it. But you know something? He said, I didn't let that, I didn't let that preacher get very far away from me. Amen. He said, I didn't. He said, when he took a step, I took a step. He, took, he said, you know what? I figured out. He knew where he's at. He knew where every pews was. He knew where all the altars at. He knew where everything's at. Did you know that God knows where everything's at in the darkness? Hey, he made this place. He said his darkness and light is the same to God. It don't, it, God ain't never asking where am I at. And all God asks you to do is just follow him. Keep close to him in divine darkness. Brother Randy, thank you so much. You can turn the lights on. I don't want to be in a bar. Amen. Or a beer joint. Turn the lights on. Amen. The closest you'll ever get to God is in the darkness. Abraham Lincoln said during the Civil War that there were nights so dark he knew nothing to do but crawl out of bed and get on his face and pray God lead me through this darkness. There is a token of the darkness in verse number 18. Watch watch verse 18. We're about done. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying, unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. What did God do after he took Abram through the darkness? Expanded his life. <laughs> I'm going to tell some of you old timers something. Danny, I walked by Danny tonight and I said, Danny, I shook his hand. I said, Danny, God's been good to us. And Danny said, Reggie, he's been good to us. Some of you old timers know there's been times in this church when this church was put through divine darkness. We didn't know why, what was going on, what was going on. Terry, I admit times, I, I said, God, what in the world's going on? I'm in the dark. I don't know. Yeah. What are you doing? But I want to tell you something. I'm glad. I'm glad. Just stay there. Stay, stay close. Yeah. And I'm telling you something tonight. He led us through divine darkness. Amen. He'll lead you through divine darkness. Yes, Let's bow our heads together. Those of you tonight, especially who are serving the Lord, some of you preachers, I want you to get this tonight so when it happens to you, it don't blow you out. You're going to go through it. I promise you. You parents, listen to me. Mom and daddies, you're going to try to obey God, be faithful to God, try to raise your kids for God. I promise you, God's going to take you through divine darkness. And you're going to wonder what on earth. I want to tell you something tonight. I beg of you in Jesus' name. Accept the divine darkness. Do not fight it. Do not get frustrated over it. Do not get perplexed by it. Say, God, take me through this darkness of my soul. I said to myself tonight, 
If Lane and Sonia Lakey was here, Lord, they ought to preach this message and not me. I said Danny Douglas ought to preach this message tonight, not me. I said Ben ought to preach that message and not me. I said some of these folks who've been down the road farther than I have, have been through some very, very dark times. And I want to tell you something tonight. I want to just invite you to do business with God tonight. I don't know what your need may be. But you may be concerned about the ministry and concerned about the work of the Lord. And you want to need to pray and say, Lord, give me what Abraham had to not stagger in the promises of God. To let you take me through the divine darkness. Why don't you come? Maybe you're here tonight and you're in darkness. You're a dad, a mother, you're a teenager. You're in divine darkness tonight. You don't know. God, what's going on in my life? Why is my mom and dad like they are? Why is what's going on in my life going on? I want to tell you something tonight. I don't know when anything helped me tonight. And Brother Cody Zorn, if you hear this message, I want to publicly thank you. And for letting me, well, you didn't let me. I stole it without your permission. But I want to thank you for bringing this great biblical truth out to my heart because I needed it and God knew it. I just opened it up to the Holy Spirit tonight. God, take me through your divine darkness.